Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. You're listening to the Sham Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. The views of the information talk are not necessarily the views of Talk Shoot, Radio Productions, and the sponsors. This is Nation Talk. This is your Sunday evening forum, Nation Talk.
Our children will always outgrow us, but for the first time in generations, they may not outlive us. Over the last 25 years, the percent of overweight children has doubled, a problem that could be greatly reduced just by having a place to exercise. Right now, people are working hard to put parks and playgrounds where children will use them. Log on to earthshare.org today and find out how you can help. A public service message brought to you by Earthshare and the Ad Council. Violence, theft, drugs, graffiti, it's all part of joining a gang. In times like these, we need to protect our kids and our community from gangs. Gangs often prey on teens with low self-esteem who perform poorly in school and who seek a sense of belonging. Protect kids from gangs. Know who they're hanging out with. Encourage them to become involved in school activities. Give kids a positive alternative to gangs. To learn more, visit ncpc.org or contact your local law enforcement agency. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. Hello, this is Rod Stewart for Rad. Your lifestyle is your business, but when you drive drunk, you become everybody's business. Don't drink and drive. Be smart, plan ahead, and choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives, and so should you. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. We are talking about our world today. Oh, and someone's on the line. Hi, I'm Jacqueline. Welcome, Jacqueline. How old are you? You sound so young. I'm eight. Oh, wow. I assume you're a student, right? Yes, from Jefferson Elementary. And I have a question. Sure. And what's your question? We all know the Earth has seven continents that currently carry 193 countries. Those continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface meaning that the vast majority of our planet, 71%, is comprised of water. Taking into consideration man automatically adapts to environmental conditions, why is it that I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to mypyramid.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. The views of the Nation Talk are not necessarily the views of Talk to you, Jam Radio Productions and its sponsors. This is Nation Talk. <laughs> Tonight we're going to be dealing with street 
and gang violence in the city, plus uh, Blanco Blank, a special segment presented by PBS Digital Studios, plus interviews of famous artists, etc., along with some other news as well. As you know, uh, Detroit, L.A., Chicago, and some other and the other cities, they're not the only ones that's, that's a, that is gripped by violence and gang violence. Even here. Yes, even here in Savannah, they deal with gang violence. They they also deal with gang violence here. Uh, here, uh, here's here's one of the news. Um, one of the One of the news stories that happened about a couple of years ago. Savannah had a violent weekend. Two homicides and a 14-year-old boy shot. WJCL News, working for you, taking a closer look at the crime numbers in Savannah. Get this, there have been 31 homicides this year. But we're digging deeper, uncovering the number of unsolved murders in Savannah in 2014. Our own Chelsea McDonald, working for you with that information. Chelsea? 14. Metro officers are still investigating 14 homicides in Savannah this year. They've closed 17 cases, but I spoke to some of the family and friends of those victims of unsolved cases. They just want justice. Now, in 2013, Savannah had 33 homicides and closed 24. Nine remain under investigation. I spoke to one victim's friend today. He says his friend, Terrence Felder, who died in June, was a good guy, and he thinks someone shot the wrong person. I also spoke to the family of Marvin Hills. He died right in front of them in January. Someone shot him while he was in the front seat of a car on Martin Luther King in West 44th Street. My other brother got the car and was like, and looking at him like, man, what y'all did to my brother? Then my cousin Bo Ski, he got out and he looked at, he looked at my brother's head and was like, oh, he been shot. And the only thing I seen was my brother took his last breath and drop his head. Now, that's the sister of Marvin Hill. She says she's given detectives all the information that she knows, but still there have been no arrests in his case. So family and friends are just begging for answers. In 2013, homicide detectives also closed two cases from 2012 and three from 2011. And for the two years, there's been 64 homicides and Metro Police have closed 46. But those families who don't know who killed their sons, daughters, brothers, and sisters still want justice. Kevin. Indeed. Much needed closure. All right. Thanks, Shelby. Okay. Here's Here's more. Savannah's church leaders stepping up this morning, trying to stop the violence plaguing our city. Today, revealing proposals to keep the community safe. Last year, city and police leaders begged the community to step up and help solve crime. 
But Reverend Dr. Leonard Small doesn't think that's the answer. He says in order to stop the crime, you have to give people a reason to stay home. He said others in the community held a meeting Sunday to talk about ways to do that, and today they are revealing it all in a news conference. Now, it starts at 10 o'clock this morning at Mount Carmel Baptist Church on Augusta Avenue. All right. Like I said, all the other um, cities are not the only cities that deals with this problem. Here, Savannah, we we are definitely plagued with it. Just recently, we, there was a double. It was a double homicide recently. Um, yes, believe that it's terrible. Savannah, Georgia. A place known for tourism and vacation homes for the wealthy. But yet, this year crime has doubled and many feel unsafe. In my daily travels, I stop and ask taxpayers for their opinion on crime. Hey, Mr. Parker, uh, what do you think uh, the problem with crime is in Savannah? How do you feel about it? It's a big complex problem. It's not a very simple problem. Let's just throw in jail and we'll solve the crime problem. That's, that won't do it at all. That would just exacerbate the problem. Because high school to prison pipeline is active. We need to be able to find a way to break that cycle. Keep these children in school as long as we can. Personally, I don't think that there's any one person that we can point the finger at, but more so a collection of reasons. Um, One of those reasons being the segregation between the communities and the minority communities in Savannah sometimes aren't given the same outlets, resources, or attention that the other communities may receive themselves. So far, we have heightened our security. We have added more uh, manpower or security into certain areas, such as whether the uh, student union, where the shooting took place, and you would have uh, officers in place, and King Fraser, Tiger Express. Uh, we try to place officers where we have a large amount of students or student activity. That, and that was at Savannah State University. If you just turn around and, and create opportunities, a lot of this crime will stop. You know what I'm saying? I don't have a passport. I got a felony. I can't leave the country when I want to. Just like other people can't. I don't have the funds or means to leave here. So you got to think about it. How is drugs getting here? How is automatic weapons from other countries getting here? And why ain't nobody doing nothing about it? We can't go out and get this stuff. Somebody's here bringing it here to us. And they're not creating no opportunities for nobody. They're building more jails than they are schools, more jails than they are schools. People just need help, man. Need a little guidance. That's it.
activities going on in, in, on River Street. Uh, I can find another. Got work with 
investigation. Now, uh, the enhancement, is it a crime itself? Is it in addition to a crime? What does it mean to say a sentencing enhancement or a crime enhancement? It's an allegation that's filed with another crime. Basically, the section reads that someone did something for the benefit or on behalf of a criminal street gang. And what happens is if you're convicted of the underlying offense and the allegation is found true that it wasn't for the benefit or enhancement of a criminal street gang, then they can add time onto your sentence. Now, let's say that the district attorney alleges a gang enhancement, let's say on a robbery case, and that case goes to trial. Does that mean that the DA gets to put before the jury a bunch of evidence that the uh, that the accused is a gang member and sort of makes him look worse before the jury? It, it does, and, and that's the one of the main criticisms I and other lawyers have about the gang enhancement. Oftentimes they'll take an individual on the fringe that may know someone that's in a gang, and they'll try to lump them all together as a gang member. I, I, I have a case going on right now up in San Mario County, uh, court in the high desert where there was, a, there was a party, someone was stabbed, and now they're trying to link all these kids as gang members, when in fact they're not. One person there may have been a gang member, but the client that we're representing wasn't, and they have all these gang allegations, so they're getting all this terrible testimony out um, in that case. Now, when, when I was a prosecutor in Los Angeles, I prosecuted a lot of gang allegations, and I did a lot of trials in which there was a gang enhancement. And I know that uh, when we had a trial, when we had the gang enhancement, I was able to bring in a lot of evidence that this accused person is a gang member, that he's done a lot of terrible things in the past, that he's associated with uh, the Crips or the Bloods or the Avenues 13 or, you know, one of these terrible gangs. Uh, and it really has a tendency to inflame the jury. And even if the evidence is sort of weak, uh, that the accused did the crime that, that he's accused of, the robbery or possession of a gun or murder, whatever uh, is the underlying crime in the trial, once the jury hears all that gang evidence, uh, it's just so inflammatory. They, they dislike this person, and a lot of times they have a tendency to want to convict just because the person is a gang member. What can, what can you do as a criminal defense lawyer in a trial like that to try to mitigate the effect of that gang evidence? Well, you can bring motions, of course, um, under 352 of the Evidence Code, um, saying that the relevant or material matter is greatly outweighed by the prejudicial effect. Okay? The problem is most courts are not inclined to grant that motion outright because the DA needs to prove the underlying allegations. So they're going to allow them to put some evidence. The best you can hope for, at least in my personal experience, is to limit the amount of information that the jury gets to listen to about the gang allegations. And also, and, and obviously what we try to do is, a lot of times this evidence is from the past. It's not relevant. It's not current. It's not topical. And, we, and we'll try to bring that out in the cross-examination. What someone might have been 10 years ago doesn't make them the same person today. doesn't make them the gang member today. Just because 10 years ago they hung out with gang if someone has a son or a husband who's been charged with a crime and a gang allegation, Mike, how important is it to get an attorney, a criminal defense lawyer, who has the kind of sophisticated experience uh, defending gang-type crimes in particular? It's really an area of law that unless you understand it well, unless you have a lot of experience, whether it's, like, from my standpoint, my practical experience, being a certified gang expert and a police officer to handling numerous gang cases now. Unless you're, you understand the gang mentality, unless you're experienced at cross-examining gang experts, 
understanding how they use their information, how they train each other, how they teach each other. Unless you're really versed in that area, my personal opinion is you can't properly defend someone of those type of allegations unless you really understand them and understand the underlying source of information. I'm Mike Scafitti, a retired police officer and now a criminal defense attorney with Shouse Law. If you or a loved one are in trouble and need help, call me. Nature Talk in a moment. This is the story of a boy wizard whose name was Larry Smarter. Larry, why weren't you and Professor Dickie Doodle's mythical creature classification class? Larry wanted to go to college, so he visited knowhowtogo.org to find which classes he really needed. You missed the lesson on telling dragons from dragonflies. Right. Um, I want to go to college, so I'm taking algebra 2, biology, and a foreign language. Foreign language? You mean so you can talk to unicorns? Well, not exactly. Unless they're French. But Larry had no time for unicorns, or even for Miss Petunia Tootie's time-traveling tutorial, which met every other yesterday at 25 o'clock. Sorry, I'm late. My star clock came on into overtime. And he knew knowhowtogo.org was way better than hoping for a snockball scholarship. So, while his friends all aced invisibility, when Larry finally got to college, they were nowhere to be seen. Brought to you by the American Council on Education, Lumina Foundation for Education, and the Ad Council. Is this radio spot where Nikki Baker's life, it would start pretty normal, like this. But, but then, then right, right around here, her life would take a bad turn with her mother abusing her. And about this far in, Nikki would drop out of high school and run away. Here, she'd be forced to work two jobs struggling to support herself and her daughter. She'd feel stuck, stuck, stuck. But then she'd decide to earn her GED diploma. She'd take my prep classes, study every night, and feel unstuck. Because she'd finally hear someone say, Nikki Baker, come up and get your GED diploma. If this radio spot were Nikki Baker's life, the ending wouldn't be the ending at all. It would be the beginning of a brighter future. For free info about GED test prep classes, call 1-877-38-YOUR-GED or visit yourged.org. GED is a registered trademark of the American Council on Education. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Violence, theft, drugs, graffiti, it's all part of joining a gang. In times like these, we need to protect our kids and our community from gangs. Gangs often prey on teens with low self-esteem who perform poorly in school and who seek a sense of belonging. Protect kids from gangs. Know who they're hanging out with. Encourage them to become involved in school activities. Give kids a positive alternative to gangs. To learn more, visit ncpc.org or contact your local law enforcement agency. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Views, opinions, and nation talk are not necessarily the views of TalkShoe, Jam Radio Productions, and its sponsors. This is Nation Talk. My name is Corey Paul, a.k.a. Who What It Do, and I'm a survivor of gang violence. Back in 1998, my oldest brother, Jacob St. Fleur, was killed by gang violence. And from that day on, my life has never been the same, you know what I'm saying? And from 1998 to 2015, there's been so many unsolved murders in our small city. And by us... 
coming together on this track called We Are The City to give us a chance, uh, our voice to shine and to say, stop all violence, you feel me? For real. Hey everyone, this is Linda. And, you know, gang violence is something that everybody's affected by. Every family encounters it every single day. We got people dying day after day, minute after minute, second after second. I know you guys are they have sisters that are saying bye to brothers and mothers and fathers, and vice versa, brothers saying bye to sisters, and even mothers saying bye to their own kids. In order for us, you know, to stop this gang violence, we have to make a change. You can make the change just like I can make the change. So we all have to come together and just put an end to gang violence. Thank you. My name is Ruth Martinez, and I'm here to speak against gang violence. Over the past couple of years, I've had families become victims of the abuse and the drug addiction that gang violence um, offers. Um, through the past couple of years as well, um, living here for years, it's been very difficult to see our young generation be affected for the reasons that they tend to not find the love and unity amongst their families. So they go out into the streets looking for that. This is J-Town, and I just want to say, don't live that street life. Don't, you know, try to join a gang, because it's only going to get you killed or probably in jail or something, and you don't want to live that type of lifestyle. So if you're trying to make some money, be somebody, go to school, stay in school, do something productive or something positive. And you set an example for your family or your kids or your little cousins, your nephews or something like that. Hi, my name is Marlene Cherie, and I do not have any personal or direct experiences with gang violence. However, I do have friends who have lost their family members or their friends uh, to gang-related incidences. Um, it is truly heartbreaking and tragic to see the killings that are um, going on amongst these young people. Um, it's frustrating because these are smart, intelligent people with uh, so much potential, and they may not even be aware of it. Um, I feel like it's definitely time for a change. This change has been long overdue. Um, it's time for us to come together, start building up one another and encouraging each other. Um, it's time for us to set better examples for the younger generation. Um, so together, let's come together and um, bring about change. Hi, my name is Pamela, and I'm a survivor of gang violence. Um, I will never forget April 26, 2008, when I got the phone call about my little cousin in Detroit. On April 26, 2008, he was gunned down in Las Vegas. Um, we never found out who did it, but we know that it was gang-related. And um, since that day, my family has not been the same. My cousin, it was only her and him and her mother, her mother passed first, and he was the only one she had left. And since that happened, my little cousin's life has turned upside down, but she's starting to bounce back with her brother. But she's starting to bounce back with gangs. Relation violence is very strong in the U.S. these days, and I'm a mother, and we're losing so many of our kids and family members, you know, not only in the black community, but also in the white.
fight in the Hispanic community and all. And we just need to stop the violence, you know. We're, we wasn't here to do God's work. God does his own work. And just put the guns down. That's all you got to do is put the guns down. Do the old school, you know, but put the guns down because violence, guns is not the answer. It's really not. And violence, it really tears the family apart because that has really torn my family apart. And we're trying to get it back together, but, you know, only God can help us. But just put the guns down because... Hi, my name is Maysack Lewis, and I'm uh, with you all today. I'm uh, one of the four voices on a beautiful piece that we've um, we put out there. Uh, shout out to Frankie. It's, it's troubling. Um, I, I don't feel like it's the most conducive thing for an, a, a community to have to experience uh, so much gun violence uh, because at the end of the day, we're going to eventually have And so I was glad I was brought on to sing um, on this piece because uh, for 18 years of my life, although I've been fortunate, I've not been directly impacted by um, gang violence, um, but I've grown up around it. I understand that it's a culture. Um, I understand for many it's just a way of life, uh, but in reality, um, just, I was glad I was brought on to sing on this piece because we get a chance to just open up uh, people's eyes so that they can step outside of themselves and reflect on taking um, and how it impacts people like um, when you think about uh, gun violence. You, uh, I'm sure uh, just about everybody who I grew up with can think about somebody they've lost um, or somebody who's close to them um, who has been taken. And it's not just, um, you know, a being, but it was a brother, it was a sister, it was a mother, it was a father, um, it was a son, it was a daughter. And um, to have, it was a friend, uh, maybe even a lover. And so um, step back and reflect on that and see how um, that life can impact so many people's lives. Um, we just, we just, I'm just, again, glad that I was able to sing on this piece and get to express um, some of the anger we have uh, towards gang violence and how we want to be a part of bringing this community together so we can overcome some of the minor issues by the way, that was in um, Fort Pierce, Florida, when that happened. Okay, here is a uh, Chicago Games have just sent a message to Trump that would change everything. Listen to this. Take to the streets against Trump. Brother Jim reporting here from 
Red State Watcher, February 2nd, 2017. Breaking, hundreds of Muslims take to the streets against Trump. Isn't this just fantastic? It's just quite disturbing, isn't it? legacy left over. Mm-hmm. Yep. And all these people that think they're supporting this, wait till the day comes when they want to cut off your head, rape your daughter, murder you, torture you, cut off your hands, or blow you off, blow your head off with a gun. Wait till that day happens. Because they're coming to get rid of all of you unless you do the same exact thing. That is their caliphate. And they will not stop until they take you out. Next up, the celebrity's tweet could have her facing jail time. Sarah Silverman tweet violates U.S. Code 2385, which states, whoever organizes or helps or attempts to organize any society, group, or assembly of persons who teach, advocate, or encourage the overthrow or destruction of any such government by force or violence or becomes or is a member of or affiliates with any such society, group, or assembly of persons, knowing the purposes thereof shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 20 years or both and shall be ineligible for employment by the United States or any department or agency thereof for the five years next following his conviction. So what did Sarah Silverman do? She tweeted this. Wake up and join the resistance. Once the military is with us, fascists get overthrown. Mad King and his handlers go bye-bye. And here is the law from the Cornell University Law and School, law.cornell.edu. We just read it. There it is. Sorry, Sarah, but I guess you weren't thinking too well when you decided to throw that out there. Ouch. It's amazing what you can get in prison for just by getting on your computer nowadays. Kellyanne Conway just said what everyone else is thinking about protesters at Berkeley. Yes, I would love to hear from Kellyanne Conway. She spoke her mind about Berkeley protesters that were shutting down an event, thus blocking the freedom of speech from taking place with acts of violence and anarchy. The GatewayPunnet.com reports. Kellyanne Conway on Berkeley riots and Democrat Party. A bunch of crybabies, hysterical about everything. You remember when the left said they were for free speech? This morning on Fox and Friends, Trump advisor Kellyanne Conway discussed the violent riots and protests that took place last night on the University of Berkeley, destroying their own university, California campus, in an effort to shut down free speech. The counselor to President Donald Trump stated that she would like to do a survey of those who were protesting to see if they even knew what, when they were or what they were protesting. Kellyanne opened 
What has them so in a lather? Is it the free speech issue that maybe someone on your campus has a dissenting point of view? Then Kellyanne provided a teaching moment for the lefty protesters. Quote, in the real world, when these kids grow up and go to find a job in the Trump economy, life does not work that way, folks. You're going to have to work with folks that you don't agree with. Entitlement issues. Kellyanne Conway further went on to condemn the Democratic Party elected officials in D.C. and their recent obstruction and delayed tactics on cabinet nominees. Conway stated, well, the Democrat Party, we are seeing it unravel in front of our eyes. A bunch of crybabies who say they are going to oppose Supreme Court nominees before they even know the person's names. Conway further went on to say that this obstinance and obstruction is the modern Democrat Party. I think it is going to cost them as they are hysterical about everything now. Everyone makes everything makes them cry and scream. It seems that way and makes one wonder who is informing Democrats that this is the winning strategy. <laughs> Must be George Soros. Donald Trump has been president for less than two weeks, but already his administration has exposed Democrats as a bunch of crybabies who are unwilling to work with a leader they don't agree with. Counselor to the President Kellyanne Conway said Thursday morning, the Democratic Party were seeing it unravel in front of our eyes, and we're seeing it to be revealed in front of our eyes, Conway said on Fox News, Fox and Friends, Thursday morning. Again, she says, the obstinance and obstruction is the modern Democratic Party, she said. I think it's going to cost them because they're hysterical about everything now. Breaking news, Chicago gangs have just sent a message to Trump that will change everything for them. According to Mega Pastor and advisor to President Trump, Daryl Scott, top Chicago gang members have reached out to him claiming they respect what President Trump is doing and want to stop the killing. Please watch and share this message and video today. Make it the most viral video on the Internet. If it is true, it could signal the end of the war zone that is in Chicago. As the days of President Donald Trump, he was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize today. We broke that story earlier this morning. Meanwhile, a megachurch pastor, Daryl Scott, sat down with him. Get this, folks. He said that the Chicago gangs contacted him. They promised to murder less if Trump would come to the table, that they actually respect him. I cannot make this up. We have a video clip. Take a look. At a White House Black History Month breakfast, a black minister from Cleveland who was on President Trump's transition team put Chicago crime back in the spotlight. I was recently contacted by some of the top gang thugs in Chicago for a sit-down. They reached out to me because they associated me with you. They respect you. They, they, they believe in what you're doing. And then when I have a sit-down about lowering that body count. It's a great idea. Because you know, it's totally out of control. Joining the studio now by Millie Weaver. Lowering the body Chicago uh, former community organizer, President Barack Obama, this seemed like a swipe at him because he did so much work on the ground to make sure that the Chicago gangs weren't murdering as much. Now they finally have a president that they, that they respect. They reached out to this mega pastor uh, to be able to, to come to the table for once and say, we want social programs, we're going to stop our killing. And if you give it to us, what do you make of this? It's absolutely absurd. I mean, it's pretty crazy that, you know, they would even be 
trying to barter. You know, we'll we'll cut our body count down. Right. We'll cut our numbers down on killing as long as you let us keep our social programs. Now, it also begs the question, you know, were they using these social programs to launder drug money through that? Because that tends to be the case with organized crime and these type of gangs. So it's just really crazy to see that they would be bartering. Something that really struck me, so Pastor Scott, he actually said, we don't, this is coming directly from the gangs of Chicago, we didn't respect the former president, we actually respect you. That was a direct quote from this, and I'm just going to read, uh, uh, he's a black Trump supporter, They were. he was contacted by some of the top gangs. You mean the black gangs don't respect the black president, but respect the white president? Yeah in Chicago for a sit-down, and he's saying, look, they told me out of their mouths themselves, we didn't believe in the prior administration, we believe in you. It looks like Trump, you know, the 12th day of office here, he's already bringing the Chicago murder rate down. No thanks to Rahm Emanuel, by the way, who has nothing to do with this, and we saw him buck up against Trump, and you and I talked about this off-camera, uh, the sanctuary city aspect of Chicago, we've seen, you know, Austin, where we live, they're, they're saying, you know what, we're going to hold our guns, we're going to help every illegal that we can possibly handle, regardless of what you say, we don't care what crimes they commit. And, you know, this is really taking a turn, Millie. It's, 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 exactly. it's shocking a little bit. It could be why Donald Trump is deciding to focus his attentions on Chicago. It's because he's seeing a spark of a rebellion. And it's been a problem in Chicago that you've seen this organized crime element. And, yes, Rob Emanuel is going out of his way to say, no, we're going to keep it a sanctuary city, and as well as the city council, and they did vote on that. Now, as far as, um, you know, having the federal government come in, that might be what's necessary in order to get rid of the crime element. I mean, they're trying to barter with him, but I really don't see Donald Trump, you know, giving them much leeway. He could be just doing this making it seem like he's going to barter with them so that they come out and expose their criminal nature. I don't think, you think it's he's, he's not going to actually no. negotiate with that. I really don't. Well, I, I mean, you know what? Anybody who wants to, to come to the negotiating table, you know, I really commend them for that. You know, thank God they're going to murder less and no less in Chicago and the thuggery going on in Chicago. You know, the gangs are the least of it. We cover this time again on boards. And really, it's the, it's the mayoral uh, process. It's their mayor. And, and frankly, he yeah. could, you know, the, the godfather, he took one up from the godfather. He is the godfather, in my opinion, of Chicago in terms of, of his lack of ability to reduce violent crime. Good point. So this is a good sign. I want to take us now. So you put in some stories. We've had some really controversial headlines. We were talking about this off camera for just a moment. I know that we're gonna we're gonna transition yeah. now a little bit. So Millie has been covering and and kind of following yeah this definitely. latest trend and it, yes. So um, we saw with the women's march in D.C. just which you were there. Right. I was there, and it was absolutely mind blowing to see women out there, these women who are proclaiming themselves to be feminists, out there saying that, you know, a woman in a hijab is a symbol for woman empowerment and promoting Sharia law. We even saw women singing, you know, Allah Akbar. It was pretty insane. And at the same time, you have to also remember and, and take notice, because it's very important, that Women under Sharia law are extremely oppressed, and it is absolutely the reverse.
discourse of woman empowerment. It's actually woman oppression. Mm -hmm. And so I just find it, you know, really crazy that we're going to be, you know, we were going to be allowing in these Muslims from other countries where, you know, we could have potential ISIS members coming through. And then we have, um, you know, this raw Emanuel saying, no, we're going to go ahead and let this be a sanctuary city mm -hmm. regardless. You know, my question is to you, Margaret, maybe, what type of cultural clash do you see this as even the fact that we already have a lot of these people in our country? Well, I think that with Ron Emanuel specifically, it doesn't matter, you know, as long as he's in, in disobedient defiance to a presidential order, you know, there seems to be like almost like a demonic energy where there's an utter confusion surrounding what is oppression and what isn't. And we cover this really frequently on the board. And regardless of your religious affiliation or beliefs, there's something called radical Islam, which is a cancer, and it's really uh, tried to grip our society. And we cover that frequently, and you've covered that. With the Women's March, something that I found really interesting. So we see these women that are feminazis that really hate society, they hate societal norms, they hate men, frankly, and they align with Sharia law. So they, they have this belief system that is really oppressive to begin with, and they're aligning with a cell of demonic oppression. In my opinion, from what I've seen as a reporter, it's really interesting because you would think that the whole, the irony of this, that the feminist women's movement is supposed to free women, and yet it chains them with these lies and these ridiculous beliefs that somehow radical Islam is going to free you, when in fact, you know, and Joe Biggs did a report, I was watching it earlier, where uh, you see women accounting Sharia law to our constitution. The utter confusion and the darkness on the earth is really astounding to me because they're polar opposites, people. We love liberty. We love freedom. We love the truth. And we're talking about something that's very oppressive, specifically when it comes to women. And I know that uh, in regards to Sharia law, you and I were talking about this. Sharia law is very oppressive. And we're going through the steps. You, know, just, you can't vote. You can't drive. Uh, you don't have any rights. You can get your head cut off. Exactly. Your husband can do whatever he wants to do. You, you including pedophilia. You have no, you know, very specific things going on here. That and you could, I mean, women that are raped in Muslim countries. You're held accountable. They, yeah, they're, they're actually, they get in trouble. They, if they cannot prove it, they get in trouble for adultery. And some of them get, mm -hmm. you know, punished.
Well, thank you, both you ladies. I uh, forgot their names. Uh, Millie something over here. But uh, And I know she, she has more of a spiritual concept of this, oppression. And, uh, you know, speaking, referring to demons and, and, uh, and Godfather of Mayor Rahm Emanuel. Uh, you know, the, the fact of it is, is that we've, I've said it over and over again. There, these women uh, and men are in major deception of what Sharia law and Islam is all about. They don't believe it. They, you know, and, you know, I remember it was many months ago. I went into a, a grocery store, and I was at the checkout stand with the checker, and the checker goes, I said, do you know about Islam? And she's, oh, no, yeah, they're wonderful people. It's, a, it's, a, it's not a dangerous religion at all. I have friends who are, are Islamic, and, and they're very peaceful. Yes, they pose as that. That is their deception. That is part of the... Quran to teach that, and the Quran tells you that the Surah 352 that Allah is the greatest deceiver, and that you are to deceive the world. It is simple as that, and they are deceiving mass amount of people. And most of these leftist libertards are out there, all deceived, and they're doing exactly what Islam teaches: beat up people, break up windows, and next is going to be beheadings. It's going to get crazy. They're trying to win because they have a lot of people brainwashed mm -hmm. with their propaganda. Anyway, that will be the end of this report. Thank you for listening. Violence, theft, drugs, graffiti, it's all part of joining a gang. In times like these, we need to protect our kids and our community from gangs. Gangs often prey on teens with low self-esteem who perform poorly in school and who seek a sense of belonging. Protect kids from gangs. Know who they're hanging out with. Encourage them to become involved in school activities. Give kids a positive alternative to gangs. To learn more, visit ncpc.org or contact your local law enforcement agency. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. The views of Peace of Nation Talk are not necessarily the views of Talk Show. Jam Radio Production. Sudahead.com. Let's try this again. The views and opinions of Nation Talk are not necessarily the views of Talk Show and Jam Radio Production. And it sponsors. This is Nation Talk.
Good evening. Welcome to the second half of Nation Talk. Tonight, we're talking about games and and uh, gang violence, mostly. Also, we have our feature, our feature segment, Blank on Blank, presented by PBS Digital Studios. These are lost interviews of famous artists, etc. That'll be coming up later on tonight. And plus some news. Views 
of TalkShoe Gen Radio Productions and its sponsors. This is Nation Talk. Now, 
you know how here in L.A., man, the streets is real, you know. And I've been shot on two different occasions, for the record. It was a cycle of violence, a cycle of, 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 of being in the neighborhood. Why do you do that? The scripture has this thing about the widow, orphan, and the stranger, and these are the, the folks that you're supposed to have a preferential love for. These are the folks at the margins with folks who are whose dignity has been denied and, and folks who are demonized. You call it boundless compassion. What is that? Well, it's a way of uh, kind of making room for uh, all, all these folks, you know, no matter what, to kind of uh, uh, know that everybody's a whole lot more than the worst things they've ever done. In the city of angels, gang life and drive-bys, not just the stuff of Hollywood tales. L.A. has more than 450 gangs with membership over 45,000, according to the LAPD. You'll hear Father Greg Boyle talk about infusing hope in those to whom hope is foreign. You call gang involvement the lethal absence of hope. Yeah. You know, not all choices are created equal. It wasn't exposed to poverty or violence or people running up to cars selling drugs or shooting. Everybody here has been exposed to that many times over. The luck he was born with drove Father Boyle nearly 30 years ago to create Homeboy Industries, pulling gang members out of the often deadly track they're on, helping them clean up their lives and giving them jobs. Who gets to come here? It's pretty much like the opposite of your typical job. We're looking for those people that have multiple felonies. We're looking for those people that... um, are probably the hardest to serve as far as coming out of the gang life, coming out of those type of situations. Having served prison time doesn't hurt either. And um, the more tattoos you have, probably the better chance you have of being part of Homeboy Industries. I came in to remove my tattoos. They help them remove the symbols of their former life, taking off the tattoos that bind them. I feel like a different person. As you can see, trying to be a better father figure. Just live for a whole different life now. We've got people who killed people. Right. Who've carried out heinous crimes. Why does each person who walks through this door getting a second chance matter? I think that that answer is as diverse as humanity is, right? And I think we have to live by um, one of Father Greg's sayings, that you're not as bad as the worst thing that you've ever done. About a 1,000 former gang members and men and women who have just been released from prison walk through these doors each month. For many of them, it's a choice between life and death. And the way they see it here, nothing stops a bullet like a job. For Steve, Angela, Janet, Carlos, and Lamai, all former gang members, the uphill battle has been tremendous. How old were you when you joined the gang? Sister. 13. 10. 13. Did you think you'd live to see age 50? Raise your hand. Any of you? No. Now do you think you'll live to see age 50? Everyone. Angela has lost custody of her four children. How do you feel? Like every day is like, you just have that sense of hope, you know what I mean? Like, I know as long as I keep one foot in front of the other and I keep doing the right thing and I don't backslide, like, It's going to be okay, you know. Janet spent three years in prison. Carlos served 13, and Lamai served eight. Steve was sentenced to life, but was released after 17 years. The gang life, what what is it that drew you in? It's just 
the feeling of being welcomed and being, com- you know, it's like a bunch of brothers and sisters that you didn't have. So it's like another family. Yeah, it's like another family away from my family. My whole life, pretty much family members being killed or in prison. Um, same thing, like, the gang was just a way of life. It was, um, I don't really feel like, um, like, I chose that lifestyle. That lifestyle, in a way, chose me. One boy for me is, like, second chances. It's like a chance at life, like a life I didn't know I had. You come here, and all the great just sees us as a normal human being, but then, and then some, you know, he sees us as equals. Were you ever scared of relapsing, of falling back into jail? Yes, very much so. Very much so, because what, what, what kind of drew me into the gang culture was making money. It started with the money, making the drugs, you know, selling drugs. I mean, after a while, you come to realize that you do need to change. You can't just be out there your whole life running around not doing nothing for yourself. Why do you think this works? I think it, it works because people come in wanting that change. Um, we don't look for them. We don't advertise it. It, it's, it's on you, you know, you want to come here, you come willingly. More than 30,000 former gang members have come through Homeboy, and for those completing a special 18-month program, Boyle says only 30% return to prison. That's compared to more than 60% across California and close to 70% nationwide, just three years after their release. Why are your numbers so much better? Well, I think a lot of times, you know, we have a menu and list of services to deliver. And then we become the DMV, you know, it's like uh, now serving number 43. So what do you need? So you need counseling, okay. Parenting, good. Anger management, and we sort of dispatch people. Well, we don't do that here. What they do at Homeboy is job placement, mental health counseling, legal aid, solar panel installation training, and much more. Then a bond develops that's stronger than even their family and certainly stronger than their gang. Homeboy says it only gets 2% of its funding from the government and admits it is hard to raise money from many. We're a tougher sell because they're human beings who have uh, been to prison and who are gang members. This place begs the question, you know, what if we were to invest in these folks rather than endlessly, futilely trying to incarcerate our way out of this problem? Jose Asuna sees this through their eyes like few others can. Why do you help them? I help them because that's the world I came from. I served 13 years of my life in prison myself. Eight years ago, my 17-year-old son was shot in front of my house. I don't want any other parent to experience that type of pain. What is the most profound thing that has happened to you here? I jumped a guy into a gang when he was nine years old. And when he was 18, he received three life sentences. And all three life sentences were for crimes that he didn't commit. Eventually, through the appeal process, he was released. It took 18 years for that to happen. And last December, he walked through the door of my office and asked me to help him. And I felt that my life had gone complete circle because I had helped bring this individual into such a violent and negative lifestyle. And now I've been able to help him reenter society and start the process of finding himself. 
because I love him. I've always loved him. That's what he was seeking from me when he was 8, 9, 10 years old. And I didn't know how to love him then. And so I'm just grateful that I know how to love him now. Father Greg taught me that. It's a gift so great, repayment is nearly impossible. Is there anyone that you have not been able to find grace in somewhere? Never. Never. Poppy Harlow, CNN, Los Angeles. Now, uh, we've been talking a lot about street violence and uh, and crime just throughout throughout the program. Uh, it is like I said at the beginning of the program. L.A. New York, um, Atlanta, Chicago, Detroit, all these cities, these are the only cities that have crimes that we know of. Even here in Savannah, we have street gangs. There was a street gang on the not too far not that far from where we are now and uh they took over they took over that street and the police simply just bust them up. Just recently we had a double homicide because of a street gang. Terrible. Even in a, in a community like Savannah, yes, there is there is um, crime. Now, I'm not discouraging you to come to Savannah, but I just let you be aware of it. But still, come to Savannah. I'm not. I'll just let you know. We're just like any other city. We're we're Savannah is mostly a it's mostly historic and do a tour it's more like a tourism city and um I remember one year they had twenty twenty six between twenty and 26 homicides in one year. Some of it was crime-related, some of it was, was gang-related, you know? Uh, you will listen to this. He's a formal, a formal gang, a formal gangster named Nicky Cruz. Here's his testimony of conversion. And to give you a little background, Nicky Cruz was a notorious street gang gangster. 
in his day. Until he met Pastor David Wilkerson. David Wilkerson became was, was a way to keep them to keep the the game that they were in that Nikki was in and the other games from fighting each other. You invite them, invite them, because you're going to talk about it. Nikki's uh, testimony, Nikki Cruz, uh, I, I believe he's up in age now, but his testimony is powerful. blocked down when I heard the sound of the trumpet so I started running with my gun and I stood there watching everything. Then this man opened a Bible. When he opened the Bible, he began to preach about God. He began to say that God has the power to change to change the course of mankind. That God meant us to be happy. That he can change us. And when he said that, I got offended. And I just stepped out of the crowd and I told this man, you shut up. Don't open your mouth anymore. If you say anything, you're going to drop dead. This is no God power here, man. This is ghetto power. This is man power and this is game power. And there's no way that God has the power to change anybody. The toughest, that is the only one who's going to make it. The wicked, they're going to perish. They're going to never go make it. I told this man, you get out of here and don't come around this neighborhood. I told my again, don't listen to this guy. Don't listen to him. This guy is a fanatic. He's a phony. This guy is a communist. I didn't know what communist was, but that's what I told him that moment. <laughs> I told my again, you want to have a good time? You want to have a good time? I give you the good time. Let's go down to this basement, smoke some glass or some marijuana, zip some wine, drop some pills, dance for a while, have a chick, and you're going to feel better. But this guy, he ain't nothing. This guy is crazy. I took my games and we went down to this basement. We put the music, you know. Fifteen minutes later, David Wilkerson opened the door without permission. He just walked in. He didn't took the message, you know. And the first thing he said, where's Nicky? Like he knew me for a long time. My, one of my boys turned the light on, and I was standing there. I put my girl in one side, and I told him, I'm Nicky, what you want, man? He told me, I want to be your friend. I said, I don't want to be your friend. He started walking to me and said, you better stay right there. If you make any any, any step, I'm going to take my study to move and I'm going to fire and I'm going to blow your head off right here. Wilkerson hesitated for a moment, but he didn't stop. And then Wilkerson, he was a skinny man. He started walking right straight to me. When he got near to me, he told me, come on, Nicky, shake my hand. And I just turned around, and I hit him. 
the only thing that he said is Jesus, Jesus, almost 20 or 25 times. Help me, please. And he began to hit his chest. Then there was truly tiny, Albert, Israel. And this guy was crying. I'm talking about the worst cry. I'm talking about the guy who was nothing but murder. I'm talking about the criminals. I'm talking about the toughest boys from the mammals. I walked to Israel because I couldn't understand what's happening. I shook him up. I said, hey, Israel, baby, what's the matter with you, man? Israel, he hardly could say anything. He was so broken. He said, Nick, I gave my life to Jesus. At that moment, I said, oh, God, I don't know if this is true that you love me. Like this man said that you love me. I'm confused. I am confused. I don't know what is the difference between day and night, between summer and winter. I'm lost. I can't think straight. I lost my feeling, my identity. I don't know. I cannot touch reality so far away from me. But if you really love me like this man said that you love me, come, please help me. And then just like that, in 10 minutes later, as I was still kneeling down there, I heard the most beautiful, beautiful feeling in my life. I felt like that heavy burden that was taken away from me, that good. And right there, I started crying, laughing, laughing, and crying. And I went to their workers and I said, Dave, I know, I know, I know that Jesus loves me because I can feel it. I know he's healing my heart. And that's the only thing that I can say. I'm here because the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus is beautiful. He can really change your life if you let him. Shall we pray? Now. Now is the time, Jesus, to walk down the aisles. Right this moment. Let thy presence where with every hang-up, with every problem, minister, minister into the loneliness of many. Oh, God, I'm coming to the depths of our problems, into the depths of our sin, and make us free. Free like a bird flies in the blue sky. Oh God, fill this place with the beauty of Jesus. With thy perfect love, let every human being here fill the impact.
The First Amendment reads, The people shall not be deprived of their right to speak. The odds are the person you just heard is an African-American. Because African-Americans are twice as likely to suffer a stroke as white Americans. That's twice as likely a stroke could rob you of the freedom to speak your mind. Help beat the odds. Call 1-888-4-STROKE or go online to strokeassociation.org. Join the power to end stroke. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Violence, theft, drugs, graffiti, it's all part of joining a gang. In times like these, we need to protect our kids and our community from gangs. Gangs often prey on teens with low self-esteem who perform poorly in school and who seek a sense of belonging. Protect kids from gangs. Know who they're hanging out with. Encourage them to become involved in school activities. Give kids a positive alternative to gangs. To learn more, visit ncpc.org or contact your local law enforcement agency. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. You take the family to the food court. Your wife and Pete head for tacos. You and Danny want Chinese. You look up at the menu. You look down to see what Danny wants. But you don't see Danny. Danny! Every parent knows that feeling. Imagine if you were actually abducted. To receive free Amber Alerts on your cell phone, go to wirelessamberalerts.org. A child is calling for help. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Susan was a Christian, and her co-workers knew it. But how did they know? She rarely mentioned her faith. Her work was top-notch, of course. But her co-workers were sharp, too. It was something else about Susan. She clearly was not out just for herself. In a competitive industry, she knew how to share credit. She was for her associates. That quality alone spoke volumes. This is Howard Budd, Jr. of Laity Lodge. The Thessalonians were so dear to Paul that he shared not only the gospel with them, he shared his life. He was for them. What about you? Are you for your colleagues? At work, can you share credit? People notice when people care in the high calling of our daily work. For more information, visit ourdailywork.org. Here's a piece of nation talking, not necessarily the views of Talk Hue, Jam Radio Productions, StonyHead.com, and its sponsors. This is Nation Talk. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. It's now time for News of the Week. It's now undeniable that the 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 LGBTQ rights are in danger of being rolled back. Uh, This is an article from the Huffington Post Michelangelo Signoli. Uh, he says, I, I quote, I've, I've many times discussed victory blindness brought on by the suggestion of big wins for civil rights and which has had many gays, lesbians, bisexuals, and transgender people 
believing there's a rise that LGBTQ rights are secured while not seeing the parallels ahead. From as far as far back as 2014, watching the way the anti-LGBTQ focus were organized for the future. I was worried about the LGBTQ community could get too caught up in the anticipated win at the Supreme Court on marriage equality that was coming down the pike in 2015. The onset of the Trump administration has certainly been a clarity call to snap out of it. And so many queer people have seen the threat and joined the resistance. But some recent exchanges and interactions I have learned that lead me to, to believe that many people, queer and straight, still believe that LGBTQ rights are secure and advancing. They point to public opinion polls, to cultural changes, and to progress even in the most conservative corners of the country. One person educated in the history of the LGBTQ movement told me that he couldn't believe that the Supreme Court would undo something that the that the majority of Americans now su- supported marriage equality and implied a lot of the sounding of the alarm was for the conspiracy minded. I find this thinking to be naive and enormously dangerous. It's oftentimes it doesn't it, it often doesn't matter what the majority of Americans believe over 90% support universal background checks on gun purchases. After all, but we can't get the legislation passed. The Supreme Court has handed down ruling after ruling that reversed uh, precedents and defined the, the majority of Americans' belief on voting rights corporate money in politics, immigration, one of the big issues, and so many other issues. What is happening in our country right now is clear. The powerful minority is in control and is trying to get the fix in so that it can rule for a majority for a long time to come. And uh, here's some of the facts. Donald Trump's Supreme Court pick, Neil Gorsuch, he wrote a dissenting opinion two weeks ago regarding Arkansas's the birth certificate for children of same-sex couples 
defined himself as the new hardline leader on the court for religious conservatives and inviting lower courts to view the Abigail marriage equality decision not as settled law but as open to interpretation possibly allowing for religious or other exemptions for those opposed marriage equality. Mississippi last year passed the most far-reaching anti-LGBTQ law we have seen in just a few weeks ago. A federal appeals rule that the law should be allowed to take effect. The law allows for businesses and government employees to deny, to decline service to LGBT people, and that includes bank, that includes bakers, florists, county clerks, and other government employees based on religious beliefs. They lost some somebody see the light. It allows for discrimination in housing and employment against same-sex couples for many, oh, goodness, same-sex couples or any individual within a same-sex couple, uh, same-sex couple, businesses and governments under the law can regulate where transgender people go to the bathroom. The law allows mental health professionals and doctors and nurses and clinics to turn away LGBT individuals. It also allows state-funded adoption agencies to turn away LGBT couples, while several of the Supreme Court's conservative seeming to welcome these exemptions except other states to move it in the same direction and, again, with Gorsuch on the court and Kennedy perhaps retiring at any time soon. It's tightening its... it's, This is so good. This is so... when When I saw this, I was going... Like, wow, Mississippi is one of those states that uh, is going against the grain. Now, I wonder how many other states are going to do the same to um, to allow this to happen. That's going to be the other thing. LGBTQ. Uh, <laughs> my goodness. My, my goodness. And this has been something that's been in my craw for since they passed it.
I gotta say I'm glad um they're doing this that way like this that article says bakers, county clerks, anybody from government and I'm hoping ministers I hope they include ministers as well can reject this. So I'm glad this will happen. Uh, if you want to see this article, if you want to learn more about this article, it's in, it's in Yahoo. Yahoo. You can go to Yahoo and find this this article. And it has other articles as well. Um, good articles. They do, they start to have some very good articles in um, on Yahoo. Uh, that's that's newsworthy and worth um, listening, getting into because there's a whole lot of stuff that's been going on. Um, a whole lot of stuff that's been going on a long time and um, it needs to be recognized. And this is why I this is, this is one of the reasons why I do Nation Talk is not only talk about the problem, talk about the issues and then talk about the problem or the issues and then try to come up with a solution. We can agree to disagree, and that's good. That's good. That's good that we can agree to disagree. That's a that's a good thing. That's the reason why Nation Talk. <laughs> that's the reason why we have Nation Talk on, because we can agree to disagree on on certain issues that. Issues that matter to not only to me but to you as well. I try to keep my ear to the I try to keep my ear to the ground on what's been going on. Now, all this summer we've been doing. Um, for the last few weeks now, we've been. Um, we have been doing a, a special segment called Blank on Blank. It's presented by PBS Digital Studios. It has lost interviews, and a lost interviews from anywhere from recording artists to Scientists to writers that we that you wouldn't hear, and so PBS was so gracious enough to have this, and it's it's a pleasure for me to do this. That way, you can hear something a little different. Here's something a little different um, for a change. 
something here's something new. I'm constantly trying to find new things on for the on doing that for the program uh, to keep you interested and keep you listening as well. All right. Tonight's Blank on Blank. Is believe it or not from Farrah Fawcett. Now, for those of you who don't know who Farrah Fawcett was, Farrah Fawcett was one of the original Charlie's Angels. One of the originals. Um, she's she also um her and um. Get to the guy's name now. His last name is Majors. <laughs> but they were they were a couple a long time. Um, unfortunately, she passed away at the same time as Michael Jackson did, and it was a it was it was a big shock to everybody. It was Michael Jackson. It was Phil Fawcett, and then Michael Jackson. I think it's one or the other. But this is a Blank on Blank, a lost interview from her on Stiletto Power. Give a listen to this. I, again, I find these interviews interesting because you, 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 you hear stuff, you go, wow, I didn't know, never heard about that from that person. <laughs> so here it is, Blank on Blank on Fair Fawcett. One of my favorite angels. So I turned around and said, listen, I'm having a problem with a man right now, okay? I don't like men very much, so shut the f*** and get away from me, because I am in a pissed off mood. And he just went, Black Jaguar driving to a restaurant I was meeting her at in the Hollywood Hills. And she was 47 years old. She was still very attractive. She still had that dynamic smile. And the story that really she told me was a turning point for her was this story in the taxi. Because she said that it proved to her that she wasn't to be taken lightly and that she was not a Charlie's Angel airhead, basically. Farrah was doing Extremities, the play off-Broadway in Manhattan, and... It was raining, and I remember I was on Fifth Avenue and 51st, and I had on these, I remember it exactly, these pants, these Marjorie's on shoes with little heels, but they were like stiletto and kind of this big shirt, but it was raining, and I was wet, and all I was thinking is, I'm going to have to do this performance with wet hair. What we're going to do, I'm going to be late, there's no tax. 
you know, when it rains in New York, you know, there is no I've never been late, I've never missed a performance. Oh my God, am I so panicking? And I had my assistant with me who was a gay guy. I didn't know him very well. And so one of these, what I thought, I guess, was a gypsy cat, kind of a van pulled up. And he said, are you trying to get a taxi? And I said, yes. He said, okay, get in, I'll take you. And he said, where do you want to go? And I told him. Now, we passed, actually, the street I want to go to. And I went, no, wait, wait. Oh, no, you passed. Because now I'm in a panic. And so lands on the brakes and reaches over and pulls a, a screwdriver out of the you know, glove compartment. And he turns around to us and he holds it like this and he goes, give me the money. So I said, oh, man, you know, I, listen, let me take you. I'll give you all my money. Please take me where I want to go, which you passed it. So if you just do that, he said, just shut the f*** up. Give me your money. You know, he's like really abusive. And so I just sat there and I looked at him. And all of a sudden he said, you faggot out, which was my assistant. And he said, and you give me your money. Now, I, I dislike that word so much. And I really was offended. It just I have my assistant, like, pulling on my right hand, which I'm right hand, so my strongest hand, in case I might need to defend myself. And the guy's got the screwdriver really close to my face, and I'm going, like, pull on my arm. And so he gets out, and the guy says, close the door, so close the door. And we're just staring at each other. And in my mind, I'm going, okay, so I'll screw this. That'll go on my leg, and that will hurt. That will hurt. Kill me. He's not going to get my eye. I'll go back. Now, I've got on these stiletto heels. Aim for his face. Okay, if he wants to duke it out, my legs are my strongest. You know, we'll, okay. So we just sat there looking at each other. And he's like enraged. He's like some crazy guy. He's white, but he's just like, you know, his face is all frothing and everything. And so I said, come on, chicken. You're going to use it or what? What? Come on. So he just went, shut the f*** up, shut the f*** up, give me your money. I said, f*** you, no, if you took me where I wanted to go, I would, now f*** you. So do something or let me out, because I have to go. He said, you get out, get out, you're screaming at me, get out, get out. But anyway, I got to the theater like two minutes before I went on, so when we got out, my assistant said,
That's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.